All right, let's get started. We're going to start on a new series today. It just so happens we didn't plan it this way. That's going to last about four weeks. And let me tell you week by week what we're going to do so that you can be prepared and, uh, and geared up for it. Yes, the kids can go. I always do that. Sorry. Children, if you want to, you don't have to. We have kids' church back in the back. Uh, we have a little activity for you. You're totally welcome to go. But if this is your first time you don't want to go, you don't have to. All right? You can do whatever you feel like doing. All right. I'm still dripping all over the place. Sorry, kids. There's going to be a lot of you tonight. <laughs> That's my mom. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sweet mom. All right. So today we're going to start the series. And today the title of what we're talking about is really all you have to do is receive. Really all you can do is receive. All right. Seriously, that's all we as human beings can do is just receive. And that, we're going to talk about that today, so I'll explain a little bit more. But next week, we're going to, the, these, the title of the, the message is Understanding Yourself so that you understand why you do what you do. When we really begin to realize that all we can do is receive, it helps us understand ourselves better. Have you ever wondered, why did I just do that? <laughs> Why do I keep doing the same thing over and over again? I wish I understood myself better. And see, when we understand that we're just simply to receive from the Lord, that's all we truly can do in this life, whether from the Lord or any other place, you start understanding why you do a lot more. It makes a whole lot more sense. So next week, you'll walk out of here next week understanding yourself better than you've ever understood yourself before. It's, and the reason why I say that is I'm just learning this stuff, and I'm understanding myself better than I've ever understood myself before. We're going to take a little break, and my dad will be preaching on the third week. The, but the, uh, the fourth week, I love this one, the title is called Click Here to See God's Grace. And I want you to picture yourself on a website, and there's this little thing. We're going to add this to our website. You're going to see it someday soon. A little, a little icon that says, click here to see God's grace. Would you click on it? <laughs> I bet you would. I would. So before we put it onto our website, I want to tell you about it. And we'll, it's going to have a little video that goes along with it. You will be blown away by what God's grace looks like. It is absolutely mind-boggling what God's grace looks like. And then the last one is, uh, is this question. This is five weeks out. It says, is there something I can do to not receive God's grace? In other words, can I position myself in a place where I literally can't get to God's grace? And we'll explore that in that final, that final week. I'm really excited about this stuff. Why? Because it's helping me so much, and I just, man, I just want to share it with you. So it's, it's going to be good stuff. So today, we're going to start off with this, this uh, thought, really, really, truly, all you can do is receive in life. That's all you can do. And I can tell, I can tell some of you are thinking, uh-uh, you're wrong, you're wrong. The Bible says more blessed to give than to receive. And I'm going to show you, yeah, that's true, but first you got to receive. First you got to receive, all right? So each of us, I wish I had a cup or a bowl, but each of us is like a bowl, all right? And we've received a lot of stuff in our life. 
And you're going to see this next Sunday. Whatever goes inside of you doesn't come out. <laughs> if you receive something into you, into your heart, into your spirit, your soul, your psyche, all right, it's not coming out. Now, that's good news if what you've received is good, because whatever you receive that's good, it's not coming out. It's going to stay in there, all right? But if you receive something bad, it's not coming out either, except for the grace of God. God can reach out, you know, reach into you and pull stuff out. Now, I've, I've uh, purposely, in my life, uh, looked at pornography, all right? Purposely. Check things out, watch things, saw things. Guess what? Those images are ingrained in my stinking brain, and I wish they'd go away, but they're inside of me. And it proves that whatever goes inside of you ain't coming out. <laughs> now, I thank God that, as you will see when we say click here to see grace, you'll see how God's grace flushes that mess out of you. It flushes it out of you, all right? Praise God for that. But we can only receive. That's it. That's all we can do. So we're like cups that need to be filled and be filled and be filled and be filled. If you read the Bible with this lens that I just told you about, all you can receive, all you can do is receive, you will find the Bible is chuck full of be filled, be filled, be filled, receive, receive, receive. The Bible is full of it. And where your giving comes in is when you overflow from being so full. That's when you can start giving. But more on that later. So you've heard these people say they're self-made millionaires. Have you ever heard that? Oh, that person's a self-made millionaire. That person's a self-made success. That is a bunch of baloney. There's not self-made anybody in this life. Nobody is self-made. They're God-made, all right? A Navy SEAL that goes through that extensive training and goes through Hell Week and all the other training that they've got to go through, all right? They're not self-made. God gave them those talents, the abilities, the endurance to be able to get through that training to become who they are. You, you can only receive in life, all right? You're either cut out for it or you're not cut out for it. God gives each and every one of us gifts, though. In fact, the Bible says that God took gifts and he spread them abroad, to all mankind. You're gifted. You have something from God. Many somethings from God, but it's not you. You can only receive. You can only receive. All right? So um, what we're going to do is we're just going to read through a very short uh, story, and I'm not going to be jumping around like I usually do, so you can actually go and stay there the whole time and not feel like you're flipping back and forth. I know that's very annoying sometimes. Matthew 14, is where we're going to start. So if you have a Bible, you can use your phone, the Bible app on there, or you can pick up a Bible that's sometimes under the chairs there, or you can just listen. You don't even have to do this, but choose your, pick your poison, all right? Matthew 14, here goes the story. Now, before I start, let me tell you the back, the back story, the back story to this, okay? The back story is this, and we talked about it three weeks ago. Jesus had just, and his disciples had just fed over 5,000 people. And you'd say, no, no, Steve, the Bible says that he, he fed 5,000. No, he fed 5,000 men. It didn't count the children. It didn't count the women. So it was over 5,000 people. It may have been 20,000 people. We don't know. I mean, it could have been families out there. The fact of the matter is he, he, he fed thousands of people 
with five loaves and two fishes. This true story goes, all right? So all these thousands of people are kind of, picture a nice green slope. People are sitting in groups of 50s or 100s. They're munching on this fish and this bread that just doesn't seem to run out. They're listening to Jesus, and it starts getting dark. Have you ever been out in the country? You're going to do a camping trip or whatever, and it starts getting dark, and you light up the campfire, and it's, oh, just love that feeling, right? Well, Jesus, in this story, these thousands of people start leaving because it's getting dark. It's getting cool. And little by little, they all leave until finally all that's left is Jesus and his 12 disciples. And in this story, we find out here in Matthew 14, 22, that Jesus makes his disciples get into a boat. See, it's by the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee is a lake, but it's a huge lake. It's a massive lake. So huge that storms were known to come onto the lake very violently and very quickly. All right? So he says, hey, guys, get into a boat. I'll catch up with you. They get into a boat, and they leave, and Jesus is left all alone, all alone. Have you ever walked in the country when it's starting to get dark and you're all by yourself? Can you, can you connect with that at all? Or even if it's maybe you're not a country person, you get out in your backyard <laughs> all alone in the dark. You, you got to connect with this stuff. I mean, this is, this, is, this is the feeling that Jesus had. It says that he went up, a, um, he dismissed the crowd. He went up the mountainside by himself to pray. All right, so this is not when there's cities where there's light shining. It's pitch dark. He's up on a mountainside. His disciples are gone, thousands. Of, he's all alone, and he does so. He does it on purpose. He does it to pray. Now, Jesus is by himself. He starts praying. Did you know that prayer doesn't earn you brownie points in heaven? If you pray, God loves you. If you don't pray, God loves you. Okay? You're not getting any scores with God because you pray more than someone else. That's not, what, that's not what God's love is based on. He loves you for who you are. He loves you even if you're, you could be the worst person in the world, and the Bible says that God loves everybody. How much, if you have kids, how much do you love your kids? A lot. That's right. You love your kids a lot. God loves you infinitely more than you love your kids. That's how much God loves you. He loves you so much. Prayer does not get you brownie points in heaven. Don't think that that's the way that it works. So why on earth would you pray? Why was Jesus praying in the dark out there on the mountainside? He prayed because it was his way of receiving from his Father. And that's why you and I should pray. We pray, picture it's a funnel, okay? And there's three of them. There's a funnel here, there's a funnel here, and there's a funnel over here. And you can pick any one of these funnels to receive from God. One of those has big old letters around. It says prayer. And you go under that, and you just start praying to God. And you know what? As soon as you start praying to God, you just start receiving. Oh, thank God. That's why I pray, man. I'm praying because I receive. It's, I get something from God. It's a mechanism to, to get from God. We need to be spiritually selfish. Did you hear me? Spiritually selfish. Say, God, give me more and more. Not a million dollars, not a Ferrari, but give me something for my heart, for my soul. Give me some peace. Give me some happiness. Give me a little bit of purpose in life. Give me, give me, give me, give me. I'll tell you what, we need to be with that, that way with God. 
And he was doing this at night. How many of you have ever suffered from insomnia? All right? Can't go to sleep. And then you peek at the clock, and it's all over after that point. You know it's whatever. 2.44. This is me Thursday night. 2.44, I look at the clock, and I know I shouldn't have looked at the clock, but I did. And it was done. I was wide, bing, wide awake. And I'm going to steal from Linda Ortega. She prayed this way this morning. You know what I found out Thursday night? Actually, it was Friday morning. I found out that I was in night school. (laughs) I was in night school. God woke me up to teach me some stuff. I got under the prayer funnel. I started talking to God, and he started showing me, receiving, showing me, showing me, receiving. I tell you what we need to receive from God. And how do you receive from God? You pray. You pray. Now, prayer is just talking to God. What if I went on a date with my beautiful wife and all I did was talk, 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 talk? And I have this guy at work that's this way. He gets on, we're on conference calls and he's on speakerphone. So he can't hear anybody. As long as he's talking, he can't hear anybody. And I'm like, oh, he can go 30, 45 minutes straight without taking a breath. And so you're trying to interrupt him over the phone, and the guy isn't listening to you. And you're like, his name's Bob. Bob, come on, shut up, man, so I can talk a little bit. What if I was that way with my mom, my mom, my wife? (laughs) Freudian slip, right? What if I was that way with my wife? Talk, 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 and she never gets a word in edgewise. That wouldn't work. See, prayer is a two-way conversation. So I need to listen to God. I need quiet in my heart. There's people that call devotion times quiet times. They used to say, oh, that's dumb. It's not a quiet time. You need to be talking to God. No, no, no. Quiet times is right on. Quiet yourself before the Lord. I talked to this guy. I've mentioned this before. I invited him to church, and he said, Steve, I'm not going to your church. (laughs) I said, well, cool. I'm glad you're honest at least. He said, you know what I do every Sunday? I said, what do you do? He says, I go on a walk up 6 o'clock in the morning. I go up the Franklin Mountains. I sit there, and I just listen. And this guy had no church background, no religious anything. And I thought, you know what? That guy knows more than most of us know. He just receives. He just listens. Prayer, you receive when you shut up. <laughs> you open your heart. You say, God, what do you have for me today? I'll, t- I'll receive. All right, let me just tell you two other ones. Because I told you there's three funnels. There's two other ones, and I'm just going to throw them out there. What we're doing right now is we're gathering together. It's called church, but we're gathering together. We could do it out in the parking lot. We could do it in a house. We could do it anywhere, but we gather together, and we receive right now. Even even though I'm talking, I'm receiving right now just from being with you, all right? It's such an enjoyable experience to get together. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. You receive when you get together, so that's another funnel. So let's say you don't wake up for the next uh, four Sundays, you don't go to church, you don't get with other believers, you won't be receiving. You'll start shriveling up and dying, all right? It's good to receive. And then the third one here is, uh, <laughs> my mind's going blank, is just to crack open your Bible, even if it's once a week. I encourage you every day, but I don't read my Bible every day. I, you get busy, life happens. But I try to do it as often as possible, And every time you read the Bible, that's why we do these sheets right here, you receive. You receive. How could you go about life without eating food? you got to eat food three or four times a day. I eat six times a day, all right? you got to receive from God just like you need food for sustenance. So my point is, really, all you can do is receive, and I've just shown you 
three ways that you can receive. So you got to position yourself to receive. Now, the, the story goes on. It says, late that night, he was alone. He was there alone. This is Jesus. And just re- reiterates again the solitude that's required sometimes to receive from God. The solitude. Not the loneliness. They're two different things. I hate loneliness. Loneliness is emptiness. We're talking about being filled. When you're lonely, you're empty. But solitude is a different story. Solitude is a, is a practice. It's a habit of getting by yourself, getting alone with God, and just listening to him. Now, many of us, we reject being alone because we're scared of how we feel when we're alone. We're scared of how we feel when we're alone. But you know what? Being alone with God is one of the most wonderful, refreshing things in the world. I've told you this many times. I like to go on walks by myself, without my dog, (laughs) without anybody, and just talk to God, alone with God, solitude with God. So if you're in a stage of life where you're alone, embrace the solitude because God has gotten you alone so that you can just spend time with him, receive, receive, receive. Verse 24, so now we're out with the disciples. The boat had already gone and Linda, I think you may have talked about this in Sunday school, right? Isn't that weird? I don't know. It happens all the time. We didn't plan it this way. But verse 24, the boat was already a considerable distance from land, so it had gone way out into the lake, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Well, I could think of all kinds. You know what? How many of you are going against the wind right now? <laughs> You're going against the wind. You're sick of it. It's tiring. It requires endurance. But you know what? You're not going to give up, right? You're not going to give up. You're going to keep the course. You're going to keep going straight forward. And you're going to get to where you're going. You need some endurance. But this wind's against them. Shortly before dawn, so this is the middle of the night, Jesus (laughs) goes out to these guys walking on the lake. Literally. Walking on water. Now, You can take the Bible and turn it into all kinds of stories that didn't actually happen. I read the Bible. It's the truth. It's the word of God. It really happened. It's verifiable. It happened. All right? So this is the truth, the word of God. He's walking on water. And shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on on the lake. The disciples saw him. Okay, just you got to get in the boat with these disciples. You're rowing and... You look up, there's waves. I've been on, I was on a boat once and there was 15, no, 14 foot waves. Now, to put that into perspective, how tall is this? Probably 12 feet? I don't know, 12 feet maybe? 14 feet, a little bit higher than that. It was a fishing boat. It's the only time I ever went um, deep sea fishing or whatever, and it's the last time. (laughs) All right, because as we're going out, I'm hanging on. To this bar, I, I could have fallen out the boat, but I'm holding on to this bar above me, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to pretend like I'm on a roller coaster. I like roller coasters. This will be fun. And so you just make up your mind. I'm just going to enjoy this. We would go straight up. We'd go straight down, up and down, over and over. And there's this lady at the front of the boat. I'm watching her and just halfway chuckling, thinking this could be me next. But she's holding on to the front. And every time we hit the the boat, she's like projectile vomiting. I mean, just straight out. <laughs> Why did I tell you that? I told you that because these disciples are in the middle of the night 
on a boat with waves, and they see this apparition, this man walking on water. And they cry out. It says they, they saw him walk in the lake. They were terrified, and they said, it's a ghost. All right? I mean, you got to put yourself in the boat and react the way that they would have reacted. All right? They, and they cried out in fear. So grown fishermen that were used to this, screaming out, saying, ah, this is horrible. This is scary. This is terrifying. And, and I'll tell you what I get from this. God sent Jesus out onto that lake to bring peace to these men, and they wouldn't receive it. They wouldn't receive it. He sent his very own son walking in a miraculous way on the water out to their boat to bring them peace, and instead they rejected the peace and they cried out in fear. And I think of so many times when God has tried to give me something, and I said, no, God, (laughs) absolutely not. He tries to give me peace in the middle of terrifying circumstances, and I say, I'm not receiving your peace. Look at what's going on around me. And I say, no, God. Or he's told me many times, don't be scared, don't be worried, I'm going to take care of this. And I said, no, God, I'm going to worry because look at what's going on around me. And I refuse God's peace, his uh, his, uh, presence, his encouragement. How many times have I worried about my kids or my wife or someone that I loved because there was a reason to worry? Maybe they were sick or whatever, and I refused God's comfort. Have you ever refused what God was giving you? We all have. We all have. But you know what? When God sends you something, you need to receive it. Just say, yes, God. I'm going to turn my eyes off to what I see, my feelings off, and I'm going to receive your peace. I'm going to receive comfort. I'm going to receive whatever you give me. I'm facing something myself. At the end of this year, uh, there appears to be kind of a cliff with my job, kind of like, there's a precipice. What's going to happen? And so as I was praying, so I got over the prayer funnel. <laughs> I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to receive from you. And you know what the Lord told me? He said, this isn't going to harm you. Nothing will harm you. The Bible's chuck full of stuff like that. This is not going to harm you. You know what I decided to do? I decided to receive that. Amen. If you say nothing's going to harm me, it's not going to harm me. Isn't that, that's the way we need to be. That's what faith is, is receiving it despite what you see and what your senses tell you. You receive what God gives you. Here's another thought about that. Stop being so specific about your demands with God and receive the flavor of the day. (laughs) All right? So if I have someone who's, let's say one of my kids is struggling with something, and I'm like, God, please do this, do this, do this. And I fixate so much on one of my two kids over here. I'm fixated. God's trying to give me something else, but I want this, God. And until I get this, I'm not going to receive anything else from you, God. You know what we need to do? We need to wake up every morning and say, God, whatever you want to give me today, I'll take. And take care of this as well, when and how and whatever you want to do, God. But today I receive, I get under the prayer one, or I go to church, or I read my Bible, and I receive whatever God gives me. I did that this morning, just practicing this, because I never want to talk about something without experimenting it with, you know, with it myself. God's already given me three things this morning. Three good, powerful, life-changing seeds, uh, uh, spiritual drops into my soul that are going to 
turn into something powerful and awesome. That's why the Bible says that if you just have a mustard seed of faith, man, he drops that in there. Receive the seed. Don't look for the tree. <laughs> All right? All right? That seed's going to turn into something awesome for you. But you got to receive it first. So stop being so specific and demanding of God and say, you know what? You know I have this need, but you also need know that you're going to give me something powerful and awesome for today. Verse 27, Jesus immediately said to them, so he's standing on the water, out of ways, maybe from me to Carlos. I don't know. I'm guessing here. And he says, take courage. It is I. <laughs> don't be afraid. Three things. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. All right, there's still waves, there's still wind, there's it's still chaos, but they got their focus on Jesus, even if it was just for a second, all right? And so Peter, I love this guy, man. He must have been, I just picture Peter's this big old, hairy, stinky, muscly fisherman guy, all right? He's looking out, big old beard, and he says, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come out in the water. And so Jesus says, come on. So Peter, it says, I love it, he steps down out of the boat. So that means the water was a ways down. It wasn't like a little, you know, kayak or something. It was high up off the water. He scoots down. He puts his foot on the water, and it holds. He's like, whoa, (laughs) this is awesome. He's still looking at Jesus. It works. All right, boom, I'm going to take another step. Another step, and he's, he's getting every step, he's getting more confident. He's walking on water. This is a true story. He's receiving his miracle right there. God's giving it to him right in front of his. Did you know God doesn't only want to meet your needs, he wants to give you your wants as well? He's not withholding good things from his people. In fact, the Bible says he will withhold nothing. <laughs> he will withhold nothing. God wants to bless you beyond your wildest dreams. Now, if you've grown up in church, you've heard different probably. Religion would stifle you, would shut you off, would shut you down, but not our God, not Jesus. People ask me if I'm religious. I say, no way, not in a million. They say, yeah, you are. You're always talking blah, blah. No, I'm not religious. I just love Jesus. (laughs) I just want God. Amen? People are sick of religion. But anyways, here's Peter walking along in the water. And you know what? God wants you to receive your miracle. He wants you to receive your miracle, but it takes you stepping out in faith. It takes you stepping out of your boat of comfort, out of your boat of fear. Get out and take a step wherever God's leading you. Don't be dumb. Don't be presumptuous. But if God, as you step out of your boat, then step out of your boat for crying out loud. Don't sit there the rest of your life wondering, oh, nothing ever good happens to me. Well, yeah, you're sitting in your boat. If you want something good to happen, you follow Jesus. Get out on the lake and, and receive your miracle. Go do something for God. Do, be aggressive with the Lord. Have aggressive faith. So if you need a job, step out in faith and go look for a job. <laughs> God could give it to you. But if you're just sitting around waiting for it to come to you, that's not going to happen. Get out of the boat. Go look for it. Go make something happen. Trust the Lord. If God tells you it's time to change your lifestyle, step out of your boat and go to a new lifestyle with Jesus. Do you hear me? 
If he's calling you out of your lifestyle, it could be any lifestyle. It could be a self-pity lifestyle. It could be a complaining lifestyle. It could be an angry lifestyle. It could be a sad lifestyle. It could be any kind of lifestyle. And God calls you out of your lifestyle. Step out and go to the new life that Jesus is calling you to go to. Stop wallowing in all your messes and go to where God wants you to go. If God tells you it's time to be freed from a bad habit, then step out of the bad habit. He's called you out of it. He's going to give you a new habit to replace it. Certainly, if God is telling you to step out of unforgiveness, call that person today. If it, it's not every situation warrants this, but if they're waiting for you to forgive them, then call them and say, I forgive you. <laughs> now, we don't do that every time because sometimes people don't even know you're mad at them. So don't tell them that you're mad at them. Make it worse. <laughs> But step out of your boat of unforgiveness and reach out and love whoever you need to love. I remember God did that for me. That was one of the most freeing, aside from any other experience I've had with the Lord. When I forgave, that was one of the most freeing, awesome experiences I've ever had in my life. And I just remember saying, God, I forgive. I forgive, Lord. And I even, I was like, God, I can't wait for three weeks from now because it's about three weeks. So I'm going to see these people. I'm going to show them that I've forgiven them. I couldn't wait to do that. Step out of your boat and receive your miracle. Receive your miracle. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, this is Peter. How do you see the wind, by the way? Have you ever seen wind? You can't see the wind. You can see leaves blown by the wind. You can see a, a building collapse by the wind. But you can't see the wind. All right? So Peter's making things up in his mind. He's not making it up. He saw the waves is what it is. He saw the wind, and he got afraid, and he began to sink. Fear will sink you like that. Worry is fear. Panic attacks are fear. Phobias are fear. They're just different colors of the same thing, all right? Don't let fear grip you. Fear, let me tell you what, fear is a choice. You can, you can allow fear. You can receive fear into you. Or you can cut fear off and say, no, I'm not going to be fearful. I'm not going to worry. It's a decision. Plain, it's a hard decision, but it's a decision. And I remember going through something for about a year and a half, fear plaguing me. And legitimate threats, legitimate problem, huge problem. And I learned through that year and a half how to kick fear in the face and say, I'm not going to be fearful. I'm going to be fearless. And be fearless. All right? So I received that. So Peter received this fear inside of him. But even then, Jesus is so merciful. Peter is sinking down into the water. He says, Lord, help. And Jesus reaches down, grabs him by the arm. Now, when someone's being rescued, you grab them, but they better grab your wrist as well. So often, Jesus is trying to save, but it's a limp wrist. If Jesus grabs hold of you to save... You grab hold of him and be saved, all right? It goes both ways. You grab so it's unbreakable, so it can't be let go. And that grip of grace, that grip of grace will save your life. Do you get saved once in life? No. Man, I come to Jesus and get saved over and over and over and over again. Now, am I secure in my salvation? Absolutely. But you know what? He keeps saving me over and over again. It's a continuous, lifelong pursuit of salvation with Jesus. All right? So if you're 
being swallowed up by sickness and you're, you're sinking into sickness, reach out to Jesus and receive salvation, receive healing. If you're being swallowed into depression, reach out to Jesus and say, Jesus, help me, because the Bible says, anyone that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone. Call out, out loud, Jesus, I need help. And Jesus will rescue you. He'll save you. If you're sinking into divorce, reach out to Jesus and have him save your marriage. All right? Whatever you're sinking into, that quicksand, let Jesus rescue you. If you're sinking into some kind of addiction, call out to God today. Because you'll see next week, all of us are addicts. Me, all of us. Every one of us have addictive behavior. And we need a Savior to save us. We need a Savior to save us. So Jesus says, in a very loving way, not in a condemning way, the religious person would read this and say, ah, that's right, old Peter, stupid idiot. He didn't have any faith. No, I don't have faith. You don't have faith. We all struggle, all right? Jesus, in a very loving way, says, you of little faith, why did you doubt? That was the tone. Why did you doubt? I loved you. I called you out onto the lake. What happened? And Jesus kind of restores Peter, gets him into the boat. You know what? When we're drowning, God takes us, shakes us off. You okay? All right, here, go again. (laughs) Throws us back out there. All right, let's get it until we figure out how to walk on that water, how to stay on top of life and not under life. Says you have little faith. So they climb back into the boat. The wind dies down. I love that. And those who were on the boat worshipped him. But my point, I want to go back to this, man. When you're sinking, receive God's rescue. If He grips hold of you, grip hold of Him and receive what He's given you. That's all we can do, after all. So these men worshipped him, saying, "Truly, you are the Son of God." You know. You might be in a storm right now. <laughs> we all are. There's, there's, have you ever noticed this? There's always a storm in your life. Somewhere, somehow, there's a problem, an insurmountable problem that you need help with. For us to think that we're ever going to get to this place in life where there's no problems, that's heaven. And we're not going to get there until we go to heaven. All right? So let's, I, I, the Lord kind of showed me this last, last year. Steve, you're going to have problems the rest of your life. <laughs> and you know what? They're going to grow sometimes. You'll be have problem piled on problem piled on problem. But you know what? The Lord rescues us from all our problems. It says that the righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord rescues him from them all. So you know what? You get two problems fixed. God fixes two problems. There will be another two coming. All right? We've got to get to the place where we're just receiving receiving from him in the midst of our storms. Let me give you two scriptures, and we'll be done. Colossians 3, 3.15, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let it. God's trying to give it to you. Why don't you just receive it and let it rule in your hearts? Then there's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Anybody that has been in church for a while has heard this one. It says, Do not be anxious about anything. What is anxiety? It's fear. Anxiety is fear. It's worry. All right, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, remember, I get under the prayer, oh, receive, you know, anxiety starts coming in, start praying. <laughs> Go to night school. If anxiety keeps you awake, awake at night, 
practice prayer and receive from God. It's night school. You're in night school. All right? I hated night school. But you know what? A lot of times that's when you learn. With thanksgiving, present your request to the Lord. And it says in verse 7, the peace of God that transcends all understanding, it doesn't make any sense, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Listen to this. All you can do is receive. So position yourself to receive under prayer, going to church, reading the Bible, all right? Practice solitude and receive spiritually. If God is trying to give you something, receive it. Don't shun it. Say, yes, I'll take it. And if you need to step out of the boat in faith in order to receive, then do it. Find out what boat you're in and say, I'm getting out of this boat. I'm going somewhere else. I'm going with Jesus. And even if you're sinking into your worst nightmare, you can still receive salvation and rescue. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we thank you, God, for this wonderful time together, Jesus. Lord, I believe it with all my heart. And I'm going to try to convince everybody that I know that all we can do is receive. That is all we can do. We can't. Lord, just as a surfer can't generate the wave to ride on, all he or she can do is ride the wave. Lord, that's all we can do is just receive. Receive. Lord, position ourselves to receive by talking and listening to you and reading your word, Lord, and coming together and gathering together, Lord, to be encouraged, Lord Jesus. Lord, I believe every person in this room, including myself, has received something today. We've received something today, Lord, something tangible, something we can use, Lord, a a drip of the divine into our souls, Lord God, that will turn into something big and powerful and awesome, Lord God. I thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you, God, for those that got baptized today. Lord, we celebrate their commitment to you, Lord, but you know what we celebrate more is your commitment to them. Lord, it's not about how much we love God. It's about how much God loves us. That's what grips us, Lord. That's what holds us tight, Lord God. And so I just pray that we'd position ourselves to receive. We'd practice some level of solitude with you, Lord God. Hallelujah. That when you try to give us something, we would take it, Lord, and, and, and not be so specific with demands of this, that, or the other, but saying, God, whatever you have for me today, I'll take it, Lord. Give it to me. I open my heart to receive, and I thank you, Jesus, for it. Lord, I I praise you, and I bless you, Lord. Help us this week to go read the Bible, Lord, every day if we can, Lord, and receive from you, and then begin to overflow, which is what we'll get into future weeks here, Lord. So we praise you, we bless you, God. Protect us all. Amen. Amen. God bless you.